Hi, this is Monica Olivas. I love running, eating, and sharing the best tips and strategies to help you run your best life. It's time to get inspired, do the work, and be brave so you can chase down your goals. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. Are you ready for the best tips to run strong in hot and humid weather? Today, we're talking to an award-winning runner, Heather Schultz, who lives and runs in Florida, all about her secrets to running fast in the heat. Today's episode is a little unique because we talked on Instagram Live, and I originally planned on keeping it short, but I could talk about running for hours, and specifically, I really love talking about hot weather running, tips for rocking a long run, and it ended up being pretty lengthy. I realized it might be a little much to just watch a video about people talking about running. So I'm sharing the audio so you can listen while you're running, eating, or repeating whatever you like to do. But since it is an IG Live, the audio is reflective of that. There are one or two sections, I think, where it might pause for a beat. It's not you. It's not your phone. It's not you. It's me, but I think that the tips are super solid and completely worth it to share this. So let's start off with a quick warm up. This is going to be a super fast warm up because the interview is already long and it's already pretty warm out there. But I wanted to read you something that really inspired me. And part of the reason I wanted to talk to Heather, she posted something on Instagram recently that just got me, it called me out basically, and I needed it, which I love. First, if you're not familiar, Heather is at Heather Runs on Instagram, and I'll put a link on Runny Repeat to her Instagram bio, and I'll put some pictures too. She has run 39 marathons, and this year's Boston was going to be her 40th full marathon and her 12th Boston. Her marathon PR is 2.54, and she's run several other sub-three-hour full marathons. She lives in Florida and just seems to crush every run year-round, so I thought she's the perfect runner to ask for the best summer running tips. We chatted on Instagram all about her favorite drinks, fuel, gear for running in hot and humid weather. We talked a little bit too about her mindset towards running, which really impacted her getting faster. And we just kind of hit all these different bases. And I think it is super solid, great tips. This is what she posted recently on Insta that just I needed and I wanted to share with you. I'm not the fountain of youth by any means. I have my flaws, my age shows in many ways, but I'm just as fast now as I was at 23. In some distances, even faster. My point is, don't use age as your excuse to not be your best. You're the one putting limits on yourself. Hard work, determination, and believing it's possible are much more relevant than age. Let me remind you, I didn't break three hours in a marathon till I was 37. Break down the barriers, believe you're capable, and then do the work. Boom. Right? Just boom. And I think I needed that. It has been challenging to push myself to work towards a goal. It has been so discouraging with the realities of running and racing this year. And I was actually super shocked that she is 
older than 37. Like it just is really surprising. She seems so young, so fast, so full of great tips, which is why I was very excited to talk to her. So let's jump to the interview. Hello, hello. This is Monica with Run, Eat, Repeat. And today I am going to have a live video with Heather Runs. We are talking about hot weather running and she is an expert. She lives and runs in Florida. She is very fast and recently posted something on Instagram that really resonated with me in terms of focusing on your weaknesses right now, trying to use this time where it is really hard to stay motivated and stay on track without races. As it is getting hotter, you really can though use this time to become better, stronger, faster, build back up any weaknesses that you might have from just lack of training, conditioning, or an injury potentially. So we are going to talk to Heather Runs. Heather. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm getting lower. So you can see me. I was sitting on a bossy ball. <laughs> I know. It's suddenly when you it's get really together, it like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I love all of these medals behind you. This is awesome. Yeah. It's my little, just a little collection I got. <laughs> J- just a little collection. Just no little. big deal. I've been running way too long. <laughs> <laughs> Well, tell me about some of those medals. What is your running background and experience? Well, I don't, well, when I was just really little, I liked to run, but I wasn't really had no influence growing up at all, except for like PE teachers. So if you're a PE teacher out there, make sure that, you know, you inspire kids because that's where I was inspired, you know, like just having like someone tell me, oh my gosh, you're fast. And ironically, I ended up being a PE teacher after college and stuff. And so that was nice to do that. But anyways, so I ran a little bit and I was a gymnast. So that was my background. And then um, whenever we do this like mile, I would just love it. And I was like, wow, this feels great. And I just loved it in school. And then I, and then when I got to middle school, I was like, wow, they have a track team. And then, um, so my seventh grade year, I ran like a, I mean, we only had, you know, how it's short in middle school. It's really short, the track season. And um, I ran like a 604, which it wasn't like super fast, but for like seventh grade back then, that was really fast. And everyone was just like, whoa. And I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty awesome. So then I did it my eighth grade year. And then I didn't run in my ninth grade year. I did gymnastics because it was like their last year they were going to have it. And I, I still really didn't consider myself a runner. You know, it was just something okay. I do for fun and all that. And then 10th grade, I just never looked back. Like I did track, cross country, you know, like just kept doing it. And um ended up actually running on my own for two years after high school. Cause believe it or not, I didn't ever think I was, I didn't really think I was fast and I really didn't have like, uh-huh. to be fast. I walked on to the UCF track team as their number one runner and got a full ride my rest of the school years and had kids and kept running and just, just never stopped. And so, um, I didn't even do, I did one marathon when I was 19. It was like before I like started running on the college team because they wouldn't have let me, and um, then I didn't do another marathon until I was 30. But now since then, I've done um, I've done 39 total now. So it, they just, yeah, that was just, once I did one, I was hooked. I was like, I'll just do one. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was it. I was like, it was over. Um, so I love that. That's pretty much it. I mean, I'm, I've just been running over 30 years now. So, <laughs> so and I've always- No big deal. 
I've always lived in Florida. Um, so I've always had to deal with the heat. When we were younger, though, no one ever really told us like to stay hydrated and all that stuff. So I probably ran most of my life dehydrated. Now that I'm thinking back, we didn't have water bottles. I mean, you just had to stop by the water fountain before practice. And it was, you know, like it was just, we focus so much on hydration now, which I think makes a, a huge difference in performance. And I don't know, like, I, I just, I probably, I mean, I remember my mouth being chalky while I was running workouts, but I didn't uh-huh. think, I just thought it was normal because, you know, but it's not, no, no, you should not have chalky mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Well, you, so you've always run in Florida, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. I feel like you are an expert on hot weather running. Do you feel though, like you are then used to it running in the heat or at this point, do you, does it still affect you? It definitely still affects you, but I do think that you get acclimated. So, you know, um, but I do run well, if you put me in a cooler situation with low humidity, I fly. Um, and I'm like, Oh, this is amazing. And it just feels like I like 20 pounds of, you know, is off of me. I don't know. It's just, it's, um, I don't know. It's, you can't describe it when you go to low humidity and cooler temperatures. So in a way, I think maybe it's good that I train here and deal with the humidity and stuff because then it's like, it's like turbo when I go somewhere that's low humidity. It's so weird. Um, so yeah, I always look for cooler races, obviously, but I race a lot in the heat because I do, uh, you know, most of my races are in Florida and most of the time it's warm, even in December. I mean, I've ran marathons and, you know, 80 degrees and not pretty, you know, I don't think I'm going to be pretty for anyone, no matter how good, how used to it you are, because you can't take in enough fluids and fuel, you know, to make up for what you're losing. Cause you know, you know, like when you run, you're losing, you know, you're, if you're already hot and you're also trying, your body's trying to cool itself down. You're just expending so much energy and it just depletes you completely. So. Yeah. I always think if I'm not cold at the start of a race, it's too hot. So, and I know that's really hard in Florida when oh, you're sorry. stepping outside that was my water bottle that's how I'm holding up my phone <laughs> well we were talking about hydration so it seems appropriate featuring the water bottle behind my so yeah so, um, yeah it I I think you can get acclimated I definitely if, if people come down here and run our races I definitely can okay so one year it was the hot Boston I don't know if you remember, I don't remember what year it was. I think it was 2012. Yes. Okay. So 2012, I wanted to break three hours in Boston. It was my, I knew I was in sub three shape. I had never broken three hours before, but I knew I was in sub three shape and I was in sub three shape for Boston. I knew it was going to happen. Well, and it ended up being 86 degrees that day. They were actually letting people defer till the next year. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just use that as a training run, blah, blah, blah. And, um, I ended up like doing, I think it was like a 309, but I ended up being mm-hmm. like top age group. I was like top, I was like, I don't know. I ended up, it ended up being a great year for me just, just because other people, I literally was zigzagging through people on, I mean, they were just dropping, but that was because I yeah. was the heat. I didn't run my potential, but I fared better than others. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, my, I think I can fare better than others because of that but I still can't run my potential on it. 
So, yeah, I, um, am horrible with humidity, but I'm in SoCal and it was hot here one year training for LA. And I was with a group, a media group that were from all over the U S and anyone that wasn't from like local, just like it had a really hard time at the race. And I had like a surprisingly good race, but it's like, yeah, this is where I've been running. This is where I've been training. I feel like I'm a hot weather runner, but not humidity. I think that's like a completely different beast. I agree with you because actually Boston two years was low humidity, but warm. And I broke three hours. I had no, and I'm still, people were having a hard time. I mean, I just uh-huh. had pickle juice. I was hydrated. I was fueled. And I, and again, I was just zigzagging like the whole like last four or five miles. I was passing people left and right. And it's the best feeling ever, but and, and it was very low humidity though, but it was warm. It was, and it was in the seventies, I think but that's warm for a marathon. Like you have yeah. to you're running and you're exerting your energy, you're going to feel 20 degrees hotter. Gosh, I, that's why, like, I mean, I ran the finally ran four miles this morning. I literally, my clothes, you could just wring them out. And like, I, it just, it just, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, um, I run, I used to go on vacation to Marco Island, oh, yeah. which is, oh. yeah, like on the Gulf side. And in, in June, running, like, my shoes would be squishing with like how much sweat just dripped down. It just is like, it seemed like I was swimming. It, I just had, I was so, so sweaty, but I don't want to slip by. You mentioned pickle juice. Yes. So, um, was that something that you packed? Is that something that you did in training? Um, yes. what are, what are kind of like your little hydration hacks or tips or favorites? Okay. So I kind of stumbled across pickle juice somehow. I don't even remember. I did research on it myself. And I found out, you know, I mean, I was like, what is this hype, whatever. And then um, I just, the vinegar is a neural inhibitor. And so if you're cramping up and so it, it can stop a cramp in like 30 seconds, if you cramp, I've never been a really big cramper, but I definitely, when I get, when I feel depleted, you know, I, my pace will drop so fast and I lose a lot. I sweat like a pig. I mean, I sweat like crazy. And I lose so many electrolytes and that little bottle of pickle juice has 460 milligrams of sodium. 460. That is, oh my gosh. And then it also has all the electrolytes in it as well. So uh-huh. not just out of a pickle jar, it's actually formulated. It tastes just like a dill pickle. It's amazing. And I down those. Um, you got to be careful because you have to balance it with water. Cause you know, you can go overboard with the sodium yeah. like overboard with water. So there is a balance, but um, as, if you're staying hydrated, you can sip on that pickle juice. And I always, I always save it for that last, like, you know, four to five miles. So, I mean, cause that's when, you know, a lot of people bonk when a lot of people you're just done, defeated, you know, whatever. And so I always try to save some for that. I actually had a, a lady in Boston two years in a row who she was at mile 17 for me and gave me a nice cold bottle of pickle juice that I was so thankful that like, she, 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 it was her idea. She's like, I'll be at 17 if you want some pickle juice. I'm like, uh, Yeah. So she had me pickle juice, um, those two years that were warm. And I mean, I would have brought it myself. I brought it myself, but I, mean, uh-huh. I have to carry both of them and then her give me one. So yeah, I was very lucky that I actually saw her because there's, you know, lots of people, but yeah, it was great. I was like, please just unscrew the lid for me. Cause that's the hardest part when you're running is unscrewing. Yes. <laughs> Cause I'm so, um, stuff. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, do you, you, do you do that in training or is that like, a race day, keep it in your back pocket, like extra push. 
No, I always, I use it and I don't okay. use it. I don't use it every day. I'll, um, I'll use it on my hot, hot track workouts. It, not every one, but you know, like I would say most of them, if it's super hot, like right now, I definitely, I'll take a little bit before and like halfway through my track workout, I'll down the rest of it. And dude, I tell you, I get no money from them. Nothing. Okay. I <laughs> love it. Like, I love it. I mean, I just think it's awesome, but you know, I also like love noon. I, I do zipses, you know, um, I do emergency packets. You know, what's funny is a long time ago and it worked for me the night before like a marathon, I would always, um, I would drink like a soup, some type of soup. And I probably still, I mean, I would still do, you know, like a chicken broth or, you know, something like that or a vegetable, anything that's brothy. It was for the sodium and it just, man, that's, I just pounded out some great races after doing even half marathons. I would do that for, even if it's a cool, yeah, well, but I feel like I've heard that before from someone who won the Catalina marathon, which is like a crazy hard race. And I really like to do like some sort of Asian food with soy sauce. Like I realized that that, like the sodium in that, cause I feel like I'm a very salty sweater. So having to like the day before hydrate well, but also I, I do like have a pretty high sodium diet leading up to it with the hydration. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I just tell people if they do drink the pickle juice, especially if they drink it before. And I do like before marathon, I will drink a whole bottle. It's just to make sure you balance that with some, with, you know, a lot of water, just because you will kind of feel chalky mouth at the beginning of the race. And it kind of gets scary. You're like, Oh, but as soon as you drink a little bit of water, cause it's happened to me a couple of times. And I'm like, Oh my God, I drink too much. It ends up being okay. You just, you just gotta make sure you drink enough water to balance it because you don't, you don't, you can be too salty. <laughs> For so. sure. And so you said noon. I love noon. Zip fizz. Super fan. Anything else that you're like drinking or eating? Well, I mean, I don't know if you've seen my potatoes lately. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have with them, but honestly, like, I, I mean, I do pasta. I do. I, do I, I love carbs. So, you know, the big thing about the potato thing is um, potatoes USA. They and I'm not going to get into it too much. Just I'll just touch on it you know, is carbs have got a bad rap. And so, you know, they asked a couple athletes that really liked potatoes, which I do, um, if they would kind of help them out a little bit. And so that's kind of what I've done with that. And yeah, I do absolutely, you know, it's actually kind of sparked some, I used to hear that like ultra runners used to, they use potatoes in their runs, you know, like the little salt, you know, you put some salt on them and um, I actually like the olive oil. Cause I mean, I think that, you know, just a little bit, but, um, and that's like the perfect, and it doesn't mess my stomach. That's the thing is that it can be, if someone has a problem with like certain grains, that potatoes can be something that is a good option. And that too, if you're traveling for a race, which hopefully we'll be able to do soon, you can get a baked potato from a restaurant or somewhere. It's just like, it's something that is kind of it's easy super, access. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've obviously, and I didn't, I didn't, I should have touched on this during my race. I, I do Martin gels. I do like those and, um, I'm not a fan of their drink necessarily, but I will stomach cause you need sugars obviously too, you know, obviously, you know, you need carbs or whatever, but, um, I seem to do well. I haven't read my best, best on those yet, but I have felt my, you know, my stomach sensitive now for some reason. And I've had to switch up my, I used to use honey stingers and those are still okay. Um, and this is, this isn't for like my day to day runs, you know, yeah. This is just for like my longer races and, you know, halves and fulls, but, um, I use Martin gels and I'll 
I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the drink too. If, cause I know, I know that it works. I just, I'm just, I don't like the taste very much because it's kind of bland to me, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, it's a good reminder that like you have to practice these things because you don't know necessarily if your body is going to really respond to it on race day. 100%. So I always say you have to practice on your long runs, what you're going to do for your race. I mean, if you're, you know, if it's the marathon that you're training for or something like that, and, you know, at least have one, at least trial run. Cause I eat oatmeal the morning of as well, but I wake up whoa, way early. Like it has to, I have to eat like two and a half to three hours before I race. It has to be digested and all that. And then I can have little things and I have a little bite of banana. I'm okay with something in my stomach. It's just, you don't want that sitting in there and then your body's digesting the food while your blood's trying to run to your muscles too, you know? So that's just something to think about, but, um, about the hot weather running, <laughs> we were talking about, you were talking about the sweat going into your shoes or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So I literally have to change my shoes. I, I, I mean, I haven't been, I haven't had to do it yet. Um, cause I've only been going like to 10 miles. But if I get to like serious marathon training around 15, 18, 20, it's the most annoying thing to, and it's gross. Yeah. Right? So, um, I do two things. I, I actually wear, and you'd think it would be hot, but I wear like the Zensa compression sleeves because it kind of uh-huh. rolls down your body, the sweat. I mean, it catches a lot of it. And then, um, so I do that and then, and that actually, you know, once I get wet, they're wet, so they're not hot, you know? And then I, you know, they're actually kind of cold. I have to take them off in the car because like the air and stuff. But then I also bring a change of shoes and I have to change my, I change my shoes and socks halfway through or whenever. Like if I come back at 12 and I have eight more to go, I just switch them real fast. And man, I'm telling you, it's heaven. Heaven, heaven. That is genius. That is because I know that if you're running in the rain, potentially like keeping a separate pair of shoes, like a dry pair, something yeah. like that. But yeah, if, if you are your own rain, sweating on your shoe then that is so smart so i do that i'm telling you it makes those last i got goosebumps thinking up it makes those last like five to eight miles so i mean and i'm telling you those gonna get soaked too because you're already like turned on like of the sweat but it I'm totally like it, it's a it's a mood lifter if anything because you're not squishing anymore it makes you feel better i don't know it's it's probably mental but man it feels so good <laughs> <laughs> to have well, but mental is such a big part of it because I was saying um, before you jumped on that recently you had posted something on Instagram just pointing out that we can use this time to work on our weaknesses and also that you it did take a while for you to get that much faster to do a sub three hour and I was just really impressed with that. Do you think that there is this big mental aspect of it that made you really, you know, start getting those sub three hours and just really, I mean, it seems like crushing it every time. I never imagined I could run sub three ever. I, when I did my, when I did that marathon, so I'm not going to, so my first time was 19, I did a three thirty. I did, I couldn't walk for a week. I'm like, I'm never doing that again. Okay. That was, then I was, then I ran in college and I, you know, I just focused on, shorter stuff, maybe a half marathon here and there, like it wasn't a big deal. And I started getting a little bit more into the half marathons and it was something crazy. I was at the 4th of July 5k. So we're talking 16 years ago, I was 30 and, um, that just gave you my age, but, um, mm-hmm. I, I was at a race and my friend that I had known for years, he came up to me and he said, Hey, I got a group going to Chicago. You should think about it. 
And we're talking, you know, this is July, September, October. I mean, it wasn't, I literally only had maybe 12 weeks, if that, 12 weeks. And I was like, I couldn't get it off my mind. I was like, Chicago, well, that's a dangerous city. Oh, but it sounds so much fun. I just, I don't know. So at the time I was married and I was like, went home and he's like, just do it if you want to. I'm like, okay. And I just trained, I did like a 320 something. It was awful. Couldn't walk for a week again, but it didn't deter me. I went to Boston, had ter- it was terrible. I said, I was never doing that again because it hurt me so bad. But, and I did wait a little while before I went back. So that was 2005. I went back into, okay, this is what, this is what transformed me. I went back in 2009 with my friend who had just qualified. So back in the day, you could just, you could register in January for Boston. It wasn't a waiting list mm-hmm. and all this stuff. I mean, it was different, but anyway, she had just qualified at Disney and she's like, I really want to go to Boston. Will you go with me? I'm like, it's like, yeah, fine. And I was in good shape. I was running marathons. I think I had gotten down to a 315 at that point or something like that. And it just happened to be great weather that day in Boston. I mean, it was windy and it was like maybe a little drizzly, but it wasn't, it was, you know, it was cold and it was great. And I ran easy and I ran a 310 and I went, wait a minute. I think I, I think I could go faster. Like that felt good. And so then I was on a mission and I know that was 2009. I ended up not breaking it till 2013 because I still was, it, it was just like a thought. It wasn't, I ended up running like 309, 308, 303, 301. I mean, it was just, but I didn't have good training. I mean, I was just kind of winging it. I didn't know a whole lot. Um, yeah. And as soon as I figured that out, then I, now I've done what, 13 sub threes. And they were on like a lot of them were all in a row. My fastest was when I turned 40. I mean, it was crazy. Like I just, it was, it was an insane time, you know, it was insane. But once I figured it out, then it was good. Do you, um, what did you change about your training to get that fast, that much faster and kind of maintain that speed? I, I changed my long run. I didn't just go slow long runs. Like everybody just goes, Oh, I just got to get 20 miles over with. I started doing workouts in my long runs. I started pushing my long runs, like, you know, doing paced training. Like, so I would do, I would do some of my miles at marathon pace or my goal Mm -hmm. marathon pace. I had longer speed sessions. Um, it was just, you know, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. And then I figured it out. And I actually kind of did it on accident. I started running with people that were faster. I was like, how do you run 705s for long runs? That's so fast. I mean, we ran eight somethings. And I just thought that was crazy. I thought you were supposed to do your long run slow. No, don't do your long run slow. I mean, and, and if you do, you know, incorporate, if you're training for something, incorporate some speed in there. It really does teach your body to, to surge. It teaches your body to like burn fat. It teaches your body to, um, or for, you know, for, and it just teaches it to be efficient at the end when you're tired and you're still having to push and stuff. You know, I always tell people you're always going to run slow if you always run slow, you know? And so, yeah. you know, you had said something about that. Would, what would your number one tip be? And I was like, you know, add speed workouts to your, even if it's striders, even if it's some, just something to get your legs moving, because if they don't know what to do, if you just try to line up and go faster when they've never been fat, you know, they've never ran fast. So that, that, that the biggest thing for me was my long run, like just for the marathon was my long run, but then everything changed too. I started getting faster and everything when I did that. So, um, it was, it was, it was really eye-opening for me. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's, um, if you want to run faster, you have to run faster, you know? And it's yeah. like, so people want to run faster sometimes on race day and it's like, okay, 
So you need to run faster though in training to run faster on race day. Yeah, you have to emulate that exact pain, at least close to it in some of your training runs. And like, so when I, when I do my speed workouts, dude, I mean, you just, you feel like you're going to die, but you know, you're not just like you do in races, you know, like you feel like you're going to die. And, um, that's how you get strong and that's how you can tolerate the pain of a race and tolerate, you know, just like tolerating the heat, you know, you just, you have to put your body in that situation so that you're good at being in that situation and you know what to do when your body feels like crap, you know, you can push through it. So that's how, how do you, um, Boston is known for being a hilly course. And I'm just using this as an example because it's kind of like, we, we know this, it's, it's more common knowledge when it seems like Florida seems to be flatter. Yeah. How do you train for a race that is going to be hilly or in general, just different elevation from where you're training? Okay. So about an hour from here, we have a place called Claremont. And it actually is pretty hilly and I'll go out. It's like a 10 mile loop. It's called the clay trail. You've seen it on some of my pictures. It's beautiful out there. I hear they're supposed to like build out there soon. So everybody's like, no, because all the runners go out there and all the, um, like high schoolers and stuff too go out there for cross country and everything. So I try to go out there a couple of times, you know, and really push the hills and stuff. But if I have to be honest and I'm, you know, I'm going to be honest because I, I, you're gonna think I'm crazy. I've done the Stairmaster before. I did not do two of my sub threes from Boston. I literally only did the Stairmaster and I would do workouts on the Stairmaster. I mean, it was just with things going on with my daughter or whatever. I could just never make it out to the hills. We have a little bit of hills, like in this winter park area that I could probably go and push a few miles in, but I mean, they're nothing like Boston Hills. They're just short little hills, but, um, but I literally would do workouts on the Stairmaster and I would go like an hour and I would just build those muscles and I would really strengthen my quads because the, the number one, you know, honestly, you, the, the downhill is what's get, what gets you in Boston because the, the first part of the race, it's ever so slight. It, it's, it's a little bit downhill and you don't really feel it when you're running, but when you get about halfway through your quads, if you haven't built them up and like strengthen them in that, in that way, they really start to hurt. And my, my first Boston, I was like having to run backwards. My, my quads hurt so bad. Like that was the reason I hated it so much, but instead mm-hmm. of, but you know, that was when I was inexperienced and stuff. Now I always, I'm like, okay, so that kicked my butt. What do I got to do to kick its butt next time? You know, I didn't think like that back then. I was just like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah, for me, because I live in Florida and I had time crunches, you know, I had, family I had other things going on it was really hard I I would I would do the stairmaster and I would do that starting about maybe five to six weeks out and I would only do it like once a week at first and then I did it like I think twice a week up until like two weeks before and then I didn't do it anymore after that and I was fine um I mean I and I did a lot of like quad, quad, like leg extensions and stuff like that just because mm-hmm. I knew quads needed to be strong and so you have to practice I love that then yeah no joke. That is, you are very, very tough. Um, we talked about kind of the hydration that you're, that you use. Do you have any gear like watch, clothes, hat, whatever that you kind of swear by? It's your go-to thing. Okay. So, okay. Um, 
I'm not like a brand per I mean, I obviously I wear not I just like the Nike stuff because it looks cute and it's comfortable to me and I like the no seams, you know. Body glide's amazing. Like if you ever get the the, you know, like any kind of shaping or anything like that, I get shaping on the back of my arm, which is like the weirdest thing. I don't do hydration. I don't carry hydration. I did actually consider it though recently because I would go on these runs and they're not supported anymore because there's no water fountain. I, I usually would do my long runs knowing where the water fountains are and I would have my goo or, or whatever. And all the water fountain all the water fountains are turned off, you know, because of this coronavirus and stuff. So yeah. I was parched a few times and I actually considered buying something and um and I, you know, I just never broke down and did. I have one little handheld thing because I had to do that for Berlin because they use like plastic cups and it's really crowded and like apparently you can't get water that first 10k and that was the best decision I ever did. I just I made made myself one so I didn't have to like throw away something that I really liked. Um yeah. That was awesome. But um okay, so so for hydration, no, I don't do a camel pack or I don't do anything like that. I'm just, I like, I don't like anything on me. I'm very, uh, I'm a minimalist when it comes to that. I don't want to, I don't want anything. So I, I use the, what is that called? The koala clip or something like that. Only because mm-hmm. I lost my keys and now I have to, I can't do that ever again. Cause I only have one more set. And if I lose those, then I'm screwed. <laughs> so I put my, <laughs> I put my keys because I don't want to carry them. And then, um, you know, and I just, I'll carry my phone, but you're supposed to put your clip, your phone in your closet, but I like to have it so I can change if I, oh, music. Okay. I'm not the biggest music person. I don't run with it all the time, but I have found that it has really helped me. I wear the, um, the after, aftershocks, you know, cause then mm-hmm. you can hear too. That has really helped me a lot on my long run because I've been doing a lot of those by myself. Now, if I'm running with someone then, then I don't, but, um, but the aftershocks have really helped my sense of compression to catch my sweat, <laughs> my knitting shoes. Oh my God. I love <laughs> Do you wear Zenza socks too? Cause someone was asking, um, if you have like a specific type of sock. Okay. Thin, thin, thin socks, especially in the heat. You need thin socks. So I wear, um, Zenza has some that are pretty good when they sent them to me, they were the wrong size that so they were like, they were just too small. I needed them a little bit bigger, but I love Bolega. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Bolega and, and That's how I say it, but I don't know. Okay, it, I love those and um, features. The features. I, oh, I don't have features on right now. Oh, I packed them because I'm actually going out of town on Sunday. I'm going to Flagstaff. I'm so excited. I'm going to go to Elevation. So, um, so no, I love, um, those are my two go-to socks. That's all I run in, seriously. I have some like real thin Under Armour ones that are like my, they're like my, my C pair. My other ones are dirty because they're really thin too. But if I'm racing or doing a workout or something, it's features and Bolega. Both of those are my favorite. What, oh, watch. So I recently, I was supposed to do triathlons this, this year. I did them last year, uh, that, but I have, I didn't have the watch for it. So it drove me crazy. So I got the Phoenix six. So now I can do transitions and, you can do strength training, everything. It can record whatever you want. So I really love that watch. And it has the heart rate in it, which... That's like. that's what I was going to ask you. So are you... It has the heart rate too? Has the heart rate in the wrist. Through your wrist. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure exactly like how accurate it is, but I mean, I've tested it out a few times and it was it was pretty... I mean, I, I think it's pretty accurate. I think it has its ups and downs. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, but I just like to... 
I don't really pay attention too much to heart rate unless I'm on my like easy days. And I try to keep my heart rate low on easy days. So, you know, I'm having, I'm really dehydrated. My heart rate's high. I'll, I'll even take a break, you know, cause I'm just, I'm kept being counterproductive at that point. And it happens yeah. a lot here. Just cause think about hydration all the time, especially if the next day is not a hard day. I'll, I'll sometimes accidentally be dehydrated when I wake up and go running right away or something. So, yeah. And that's something that I feel like people don't talk about actually is that dehydration can really impact the heart rate. And it's like another reason for us just to be checking in with our bodies and like where we are, because it's just another sign that your body can be giving you on how it's doing. And if your heart rate is just, and that's why I like having it on all the time is like, if I have an elevated heart rate a lot, that means my body's too stressed and I need to chill. You know, (laughs) that means I'm just I'm not letting my body recover properly and, you know, I need to maybe not necessarily take off, but I just need to have a few easy days or something and, you know, just get my, get get everything back in check. And if I know I'm hydrated too, but I'm like, if my resting heart rate is elevated and, you know, it's, it's your body talking to you. That's the way I see it. So, um, so yeah. So, but in a race, I don't care, like do or die at that point, you know, I I don't want to, I've looked at it before. Like I try my old, the way I had my old watch set up is it was on there all the time. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's so hard. But I don't pay attention yeah. anymore. I well, in a race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, your blood, you don't want to run with thick blood. So hydrate. I say hydration and the fueling is, you know, the number one and two for not only hot weather, hot weather running, but just running in general. I mean, you know, keeping, staying hydrated is is key to successful running. So for sure. Long, especially like the longer distances, like half marathon and full marathon. I think that figuring out your nutrition before the race and during the race, it can be a game changer for it's, sure. But, so I used to, the reason I used to like get really dizzy, like the last 10 K I mean, every, every single race. Oh, I'm going to give you my secret. It's my secret. I found that. So when I take gels, I don't, I don't just down them and then chug water after and like, let them go to my stomach. I let them sit in my mouth and I let them absorb it just little sits and I let them absorb through my membrane and it like, tricks my body and it helps my blood sugar. So what was happening is I was just, it was dipping and I was getting dizzy. And the first time I did, it was the first time I broke. So I went so three in Boston, I put a, I had a chew in my mouth. I'll never do that again. Cause all my pictures, I have this, like a, <laughs> so terrible, but I never got dizzy. And I, ne- and I was like, that was it. I just, you know, I need to keep some sugar in my mouth, not the whole time, but especially in those later miles, I need to keep, I need to have something in my mouth to like, you know, let it. So I just kind of sip on it. So when I open my gel, it might take me a mile to eat it or something. And I have found that that has been a big that was a big game changer for me. I do it in every single race, almost every race, except for my very first one that I broke three. I love that. That is, that is such a good tip. Yeah. Because I think too, we just think automatically, like if you're, if it's time to fuel, you're supposed to like squeeze the whole thing in your mouth or eat all of the chews that you're supposed to eat. And it is like, sometimes, especially if you are pushing yourself, it can make you nauseous or just like, you know, feel a little heavy when you're just like downing things and it is like okay to kind of nurse it yeah and I think um, well no I know there was actually a study done with having the sugar in your mouth 
um, during a long distance. I wish I could go back to it, but it was years and years ago. And I, and that's why I actually tried it because I wouldn't have thought I didn't think of that. And that's why I actually tried it and it worked. So, you know, that my pickle juice and you're good to go for that last 10 K as long as your body. I love it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I was supposed to start off by asking you and I forgot my two favorite questions. So first, what is your proudest running or racing accomplishment so far? That's really hard. I mean, I want to say, I want to say it was when I, you know, you want to say it's like I PR'd at 40 in the marathon and in the half marathon. And that was like a big, I I don't know. That was just such a big deal to me. And I stopped three times to go to the bathroom during my PR too. So that was like, so you're so, fast. <laughs> so I mean, I, and it was bad. I had my stomach was a mess. I'm not, I didn't have my fueling down right that day. Something just was off, but my body felt good and I was in shape. That's what sucked. So yeah, that one. But you know, honestly, I think my most proud moment was my slowest marathon. Not my slowest, but the slowest one in the last ten years was Boston 2018 because I only, I literally thought I was going to die, and I somehow made it to the finish line still. Cause I was going for that like 10 in a row. And this was like, it was my, I think it was my eighth in a row. It was consecutive. I've done more, but the first few weren't um, in a row. And I have very little memory of those last few miles. I have, what is it when you get really cold and hypothermic? Hypothermia. Hypothermia. Yeah. I literally, my heart rate was so low. Like if, if that race would have been any longer, I would have made it like, I, I don't, there's video of me walking. I don't remember walking. I, I have no, I have very, I don't even know. I, but, and I was like, at first I was just ashamed. And I'm like, what am I, think, what am I thinking? Like, I just almost died. The lady at the end literally would not leave my side because I was trembling and shaking. And she was begging me to go to the medical tent. And I'm like, I just, my, my hotel was so close. And I'm like, let me just get my clothes. I got to find my family. I was I just needed, I wanted my phone and <laughs> I wanted to like, just get to the room. And she was just had the wheelchair and she was just following me around. It was so funny, but she followed me all the way to the tent. Saw me put my clothes mm-hmm. on. Like, okay, are you going back to the medical tent now? And I'm like, no, but, um, it was, it was like the most traumatic experience of my life. But that metal means more to me than probably any of the other ones, because I, I barely remember getting the medal. Like I, it was that bad. So, um, I mean, and it's my fault. I didn't dress appropriately. I thought I was going to be tough. Well, I mean, no one did. Like as so many people were in the medical tent, I was going to say like that, that race is like legendary for just like knocking people down. Like, I know I, I would have just left one. Le- I had a, le- I did leave my long sleeve shirt on, but if I would have just had one like waterproof jacket or something or my poncho, I had all that stuff. But I got hot around six. I'm like, oh, I don't need any of this. And it, I mean, the story behind it was crazy. Like I had a, I had a plastic baggie on my hand. It was a gallon pl- plastic bag that I ended up keeping with me for some, and it fell off. It was like, that was the only dry thing on my whole body. And I had my goose and stuff. I dropped it at like 20 and it was, I had nothing. I, and I think I had one goo in the other hand. Um, and, and that was, it was almost like that's what did me in almost. Cause I was like hanging on to that dry hand. That sounds so weird, but it went downhill from that really fast. And then the wind just kept coming and the rain was pelleting. And I kept looking up, like, I felt like someone was trying to, I thought I was in a video game and someone was going, like someone was trying to kill me. I was like, 
probably even though it was my worst um marathon and horrible I feel like that's I'm more proud of that medal than any of my other ones because I survived you know yeah which is awesome I mean yeah I've heard so many horror stories about that year and that race faster than my first marathon so I guess I (laughs) but you know (laughs) so it wasn't like a total wash but it was definitely not what I was shooting for you know I was way off but you know that's life so anyway. I already actually forgot. So I'm glad someone asked this. What brand of energy gel did you say that you liked? It's like the Martin M-A-N. I don't even know if I, I don't know if I say it right. Martin. Okay. M-A-U-R-T-E-N. It's yeah. all natural. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. It's like four different sugars. I haven't tried the caffeine ones. I have some, but I haven't tried those yet. I just haven't had any races or I'm not going to use those on my long run because they're a little expensive too, you know? So you know, I gotta, I, I ration those, but, um, but yeah, that's what I, those are the gels that I use. And I used to use honey stinger and I do still like those. I might mix those in, but I, when I did Berlin last year, I was kind of wishing I had more Martin and less honey stinger. So, but I've been using those in my house as well. And I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love they that. Pick up. They're great on the stomach. <laughs> Uh-huh. which is it was so important so important we have to practice it has to be easy on your stomach um yeah. speaking of food what is your victory lab favorite post-race meal I'm, I'm pretty like lame but I just I always go for pizza always like that's what we that's you know when I'm in my group of friends or whatever we usually just you know we'll just go for some pizza um not a beer <laughs> right to have that for a race you know so a little treat but yeah that's it um I usually do I, I've been really staying away from cheese lately so this has been a little rough but you can always go no cheese or light cheese or just do veggies or something you know and and make it good but yeah <laughs> I still love pizza I think that's not ever I love life. it <laughs> oh yeah are you training for anything right now or what's next? Which I know what there's all these question marks right now about what's next for everyone. But um, do you have anything that you're still working towards? Chicago have not been canceled. They're a week apart and I'm registered for both of them. So originally I was going to do Boston and London and I was doing both of them. And those were only like six days apart, which I've never done before. So I was just going to take one easy. Okay. So I doubt London. I doubt they're both going to, I doubt it. Um, I am going to do the virtual Boston just because I've done so many in a row and this is going to be the 2020. And I know that it's not, it's not going to count for your things in a row. I'm not going to like race it. I'm just going to get through it. I'm hoping it's going to be a long run for, you know, one of the marathons that might happen. That's what I'm hoping. So I'm also, um, I run for track shack here. It's a local store. They have a racing series and they're actually doing, you know, a social distancing race. I actually did one last weekend. That was tragic. I know the race was great, but I ran tragic. It was, you know, you have a race in four months. You just don't know what to expect from yourself. And it was just, wow. Like, it was, it just hurt, you know, I was like, wow, this is what, but I needed it. And, um, but they're going to, they're, they have their race series. So I'm training for that. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully a marathon. And I have my races that I, I do a lot of races. I just, I'm afraid to like sign up for anything right now. Just, you know, just in case I would love to do CIM. Um, 
they have like a money back guarantee or whatever. It might be full by now, but I don't know. We'll see. So yeah, I'm training for the series. Those are shorter races. And then I'm going to run a fall marathon. If I have to go to some marathon, that has got 10 people. I'm going to do a fall marathon. Mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. So I am officially starting marathon training now and whatever comes up, I'll be ready. Love it. Yeah. Right. Cause it is like so whatever comes up. And so Berlin was my last so- marathon because I was going to do boss, you know, I didn't do a normal, my normal winter marathon. And so now I'm, this will be a September will be a year. I haven't gone that long since I was 30. I'm freaking out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though you did really rock that 5k that you just ran, like I know it wasn't a time that's great for you, but I mean, you did amazing. I, I knew going into it, it was going to be, it was going to, it was going to, I knew, I knew, I even said, I I predicted what I was going to run just because I know my training lately, you know, I've had like two speed workouts. I was off with this thing and stuff. So, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be pretty. I was just so excited to be around other runners. And just be in that atmosphere. That's really why I race. I mean, I really run for the people and the event and then that adrenaline feeling. I run, you know, that's what I run for. So I have to take, you have to take the good with the bad and just have fun with it and learn from it and be, just be proud of whatever you can do. I'm just happy I could run, you know, I, my perspective. Yeah, I mean, I it is like if nothing else perspective that I like I am so grateful for like every small race run anything like I feel like the next time I do a race I'm gonna be so excited to be there like just it gives us a good attitude of gratitude it's totally totally I was just so thankful to be around fellow runners and even if we had to start three on the starting line six feet apart it's all spaced out it was actually pretty genius what they did because they just left the starting line open for a whole hour and they just went on your chip time and you could just start whenever, you know? So, you know, obviously us, us like, Ooh, you know, we were all at the start ready to go. So that was probably the only cluster that they had. They're like, no, you guys have to back up. It's going to start your time when you start. But after that, it was a, it flowed really easily because not everybody cares that much about, you know, I don't know. I don't Whatever we care about up there. I don't know, but. It was just those. Or sometimes people are just late to the race because I have started as the last person in a race more than once just because I'm like, wait, wait, <laughs> what? Race for you. <laughs> I know, like, oh, just leave it open. I'm going to be late anyways. And now I feel less bad about it. Perfect. Yeah. And this was great. That's what they did. Exactly. Like, they, I was, I was walking to my car leaving and they're like, okay, the. <laughs> But starting lines open for 10 minutes. If you want to start, there's people starting. Like it's like, it was kind of cool though. I mean, we're doing often, you know, especially with this, you know? Yeah. It's kind of, well, with, um, those like relay races, they have staggered starts because they need everyone to take turns sometimes, um, with the like obstacle courses. Oh yeah. Because people need to take turns, like jumping over a wall or things. So they have like very staggered start times. So that might be where things go. Yeah. You know, yeah. Who knows? As long as we're out there running, who cares? You know, like. Right. Come back. I mean, I think eventually we'll be normal again. We just got to get over this hump and you know, if anything, I just feel bad for the kids in school and all, you know, like them not being able to have their seasons and stuff like that. I mean, we're adults. We can handle this. There's going to be more races. I'll be, but these kids are on a timeline and they're going to be seen, you know, they're, they're growing up and missing things and we're already, yeah. 
So it's, it's a lot different. So, you know, hopefully things turn around sooner than later and we can get this thing gone out of our lives. And <sighs> I know because we're getting antsy, very yeah, antsy. Definitely. For sure. Where can everyone follow you for these next, whatever happens next, we don't know, but where can we follow you? You can just, you know, just on my Instagram is fine. I'm working on a website, um, but I'm, you know, I'm lazy when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I can barely keep up with my life right now. So, you know, Heather runs, you know, what they see here is my, it's Heather and then UNZ. So, um, you know, I, I'm pretty active on my story and and I try to do, you have to bear with me with the potato thing. I only got one more week and a commitment and then I'm done. I mean, I mean, if they asked me to do it again, I probably would. But what happened was is with the Black Lives Matter and all that stuff, we weren't allowed to post anything. And it basically just it, it piled all at the end. And so I think I only have two more posts to do for them. Mm-hmm. They're all done. I just, now I'm just trying to space them out. <laughs> Listen, if potatoes will help us run as fast as you, like you post all the potatoes in the world. Well, there's no guarantees, but they will help you run your <laughs> they will they will fuel your performance and help you perform better. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Heather. Good luck um in whatever races come up next, ideally. Chicago, London, all of the above. And we'll be following along Heather Runs. Thanks so much for having me. I had a blast. I, you know, I'll talk about running all day long. So when you asked me, I was so excited. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now it's time for the awards. Instead of awards today, I'm going to recap her top three tips. Number one, hydration is everything. She shared a little secret about her love for pickle juice on long runs, which I thought was fun, and also named some other products, hydration and fueling products that I will put a link to on Run It Repeat. One of the key takeaways there is to know your body, know how much water, sodium, sugar, electrolytes, all of the above, what best combination works to perform your actual fastest, best, strongest, run your best life. So you don't necessarily need to do pickle juice or any of the other products specific to her, but figuring out what your sweat ratio is, what hydration levels and electrolyte balances and how much fueling you need while you are running before when you are prepping for a hot weather run, post run, all of those things. It's really important. Everybody is unique. And knowing that for yourself can be such a game changer in how you feel while running, how you perform, how you quickly you recover. And just if you want to get faster, better, stronger, it is really important to hydrate and fuel well. Number two, in terms of running faster, you gotta run faster. She said that she started running faster during training, specifically a lot in long runs and running with faster people. And that was a 
game changer as well for her, along with mindset, just thinking about it differently and thinking about the work that it takes to really achieve your goals. There is a huge mindset component of that that is really important to remember. And number three, I really love this tip and it hadn't occurred to me before, but if you are running in extremely hot, humid weather and you are getting super sweaty to the point where your shoes or other clothes are getting sweaty, soggy, change them. And I thought that was super genius. I am also running in locations right now where there aren't water fountains available. So I kind of have to plan my routes accordingly and loop back either home or to my car or to a store potentially to get something to drink. And if you are doing that, you could also potentially change your shoes like she does or change another article of clothing that might be getting super you know, soaked with sweat or an article of clothing that is causing chafing. So if you can switch it out mid-run, something like that, that might be very helpful. So I loved all those tips. I just think that they are super practical, doable, and helpful. And I hope that the entire interview was helpful to you. If you have any questions or topic suggestions or interviews that you think that I should talk to, please let me know. You can DM me on Instagram at runeatrepeat or email runeatrepeat at gmail.com and put podcast in the subject line. I'll put links to all the products that Heather mentioned, along with the link to her Instagram and some photos on runeatrepeat.com. So you can check that out there. And while you were listening, did you think about any of these tips that you use right now or a tip that we failed to mention? Let me know. Chime in on my latest Instagram post at run, eat, repeat with your favorite hot weather running tip, either something that you heard here or another tip that you have picked up along the way. And we can share and learn with each other. And I always think it's just a great way to connect with other runners, especially right now. We are a virtual running club and I really love kind of just bouncing ideas off each other, chiming in, checking in, all of the above. And if you have a minute, please rate and review the podcast. It is very helpful for other people to find it, for us to make virtual running buddies and friends. And I super, super appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great run.